This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together for Hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. Okay, so the name of the group is Up A Notch, and I myself am Hosanna. First name Nathan, last name Hosanna. I took my last name. Instead of creating another name or another persona, I just decided, you know what, the best thing to do is to go with family. So I roll with my last name. I am a plethora of things. I am an engineer. I'm a thinker. We are businessmen, and I am an MC in Upper Notch. Okay, I go by the name of Dana, and I actually use my first name. By the way, we're cousins, or mothers or sisters. I'm an MC, of course, been doing this for a lot of years. I'm actually a lawyer, just sat for the bar in February and passed that. As far as the business portion is concerned, when we came up with the name Upper Notch, we decided to you know, start our own nonprofit. And the name of it is Upademics. The upper part comes from the group Upper Notch, and the Demics comes from the Academics. It's a program right now, and it runs in 10 week cycles, where we teach high school and college age students how to balance their art with their education. We actually came out with an Upademics album recently as well, which is pretty much a, a culmination of music between us and the participants. I sip the dumb peak, watching Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes. All the words past the margin, the whole of mic I'm throbbing, mechanical movement. You know what we're gonna go with nasty knocks. The thief's thing. Nothing like bringing queens into the frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the song is Whose World Is This? Or The World Is Yours, rather. That song is just amazing on so many levels. One of the reasons that I chose Nas and look up to Nas as a lyricist, as an artist, as a human, is that he was a thinker. He always looked out his window. He always was able to paint a picture of what he saw. And growing up, I was definitely very quiet and able to kind of look at what was going on around me and put it together. I don't want to say in the same way because that might be blasphemy in some circles, but if I could do a fraction of what he was able to do in The World Is Yours, and that just, that's just an honor to me. Understandable smooth shit that murderers move with. The thief's theme, play me at night, they won't act right. The fiend of hip-hop has got me stuck like a crack pipe. The mind activation, react like I'm facing time. Like Pappy Mason with pins I'm embracing. Wipe the sweat off my dome, spit the phlegm on the streets. Sway Tim's on my beats, makes my cypher complete. Weather cruising in a six cab, a Montero Jeep, I can't call it. The beats make me falling asleep, I keep falling. We're never falling.
rolling six feet deep. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for dead presidents to represent me. me. The world is this. The world is yours. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Whose world is this? So you answer the question before you ask it, which is interesting to me. But then people actually think about it. And then Nas comes on and he says, the world is yours. The world is yours. So he's not so much focusing on himself. He's saying that the world is all of ours, but at the same time that it's all of ours, the world is yours specifically. It's how you look at it. It's the way that Nas could put his words together to paint the picture that he saw every day. And at the same time, it's the way that you can translate the world that you see, whether that be in an artistic way, whether that be in academic way. Some people, if it's a criminal way, hey, go to the first lines of, of the first verse. I sit the dawn pee. No, watching Gandhi till I'm charged. Writing in my book of rhymes all the words past the margin. I've had experiences where I was studying for an exam. Being an engineer and all, you get a lot of exams. And when I would get stressed, I would take my textbooks and turn them into rhyme books. I would flip the page, I would write around my equations, and I would go to the margin every time. So that line just makes me think of that. And maybe he wasn't talking about being an engineer. But that, again, that's how I translated what he was saying. So there are many special things he's saying in that song that, that I just connect with and I um, embrace. To my man ill will, God bless your life. To my people's throughout Queens, God bless your life. I trick we box of crazy bitches, aim at guns and all my baby pictures. Beef with housing police, release scriptures, that's maybe Hitler's. Yet I'm the mild money, getting style, rolling foul. The versatile honey, sticking wild, golden child, dwelling in the rotten apple. You get tackled, a court by the devil's lasso. Shit is a hassle. There's no days for broke days, we sell and smoke pays. We're all the old folks pray to Jesus, soaking they sins and trays. A holy water, odds against nods and slaughter. Thinking the word best is driving my life to name my daughter my strength. My son the star will be my resurrection. Born in correction, all the wrong shit I did, he'll lead in right direction. How you live in larger broker, charge cards are mediocre. You're flipping coca, playing spit spades and strip poker. The interesting thing is that, like, when you listen to the song, and then see the video and the way things are turning and the clouds and and the little kid and Nas walking up the stairs it just looks like a cacophony of different experiences going on at the same time of the world turning in in a sense and our grandmother these and my grandmother lived in Queensbridge and not to say that we know what it is to live there every day it's just amazing to have been in my grandmother's house in Queensbridge, especially around the time that that song is out and hearing things going in the background like gunshots or something and us being young, looking at each other and saying, yo, what was that? Don't even worry about what it was, just get on the floor. Some of those things that, that Nas talked about it in the first album and not just that song, we got to see it, we got to experience through the fact that my grandmother lived there. There's nothing like actually walking through Queensbridge, like even just going to the store, which I had to do a couple of times, seeing the kids out, camaraderie, people playing basketball, community connecting. Because as in most neighborhoods, it's not just negative, right? There are a lot of positive things going on. 
and I think that in some sense that reflects in the video as well. I'm the young city bandit, hold myself down single-handed For murder raps, I kick my thoughts alone, get remanded Born alone, die alone, no clue to keep my crown a throne I'm beat by sound alone, cave inside a thousand miles from home I need a new nigga for this black cloud to follow Cause while it's over me, it's too dark to see tomorrow Trying to maintain, I flip, feel the clip to the tip Picturing my peeps, now the end can make my heartbeat skip And I'm amped up, they like to champ up Even my brains in handcuffs, headed for Indiana Stabbing women like the Phantom, the crew is lamping Big Willie style Check the chip to smell. Plus I profile well. Stash through the flock holes, burning dollars to light my soul. Walk the blocks with a box. Check the games plus the games people play. Bust the problems of the world today. We grew up in Queens, but there was a certain point where I moved out to Long Island. So I really was between Long Island and Queens. Queens in general is a really diverse borough. It's the most diverse borough in New York City. Like we had groups like Mob Deep, gangster rap or reality rap, and then you had groups like Tribe Core Quest to Nas, to Soul and Pepper, to Kid and Play, who was from our neighborhood. Kwame was from our neighborhood. I feel like he merged those two worlds with songs like Whose World Is This? Because it had that element of the environment, but it added an intellectual aspect. And it's a beautiful song. I mean, that's definitely my favorite Nas song of all time as well. Well, that's my favorite song, period. Just in life, people all over the world hear this song and see his vision just as clear as it was from day one. It doesn't sound dated. It sounds like it's still fresh. It's rivaling what people are putting out now. There was a poetic aspect to it and an intellectual aspect about it that wasn't too far off that people couldn't understand it. It was inclusive. Pete Rock on the piano. Shit is just dope, man. I don't, I don't know. It's dope. And I stumbled on a picture, kind of made me laugh. I'm My father's from Trinidad and my mother's from Guyana. So um, they came over here, I want to say, in the late 60s, probably early 70s. From early on, music was definitely a part of the household, man. My father, being from the islands, listened to a lot of Calypso music. It was a lot of reggae music. And first record I heard as far as hip hop was, was that Slick Rick. I think it was Slick Rick. Was that Slick Rick? Down on I'm leaving on the next plane. I don't know when I'll be back again. So, like I said, I really feel like it was a, a, a myriad of different influences and musical influences as far as musically growing up. My first nine years was spent in an um, upstairs apartment of a family house in East Elmhurst, Queens. For those who don't know where that is, that's right next to LaGuardia Airport. Kid and Play was from across the street, Kwame. So and Pepper used to record right down the block. Cool G Rap, Eric B was from up the street. Just definitely coming up, music was always a part of the environment. And then when I got around nine or 10 years old, the neighborhood started kind of taking a shift. So my parents thought it was wise for us to move out, move, head out to Long Island, which was a very different experience. It was the first time I've been around a lot of white people actually in my life. Just kind of from there, my parents went their separate ways. And that's actually how I started writing because there was a point when 
I did feel like an outcast being in certain environments and not being able to get along. Like, I didn't know anyone. I wasn't friendly with anyone too tough. So I would just stay in the house and start writing. Navy used to call me from the city because that was my link to the city. The world was cool, what to wear, all that stuff at the time. And he was like, we used to spit other people's rhymes at the top to each other, right? This is like with 14, 15, so Illmatic had already come out. And then one day, he actually called me up and he spit something. So my first reaction was like, yo, where's that from? Who's wrote that? He's like, I wrote it. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> He's like, nah, I wrote it. I was like, for real? So from there, I said, yo, if he could do what I could do, and then I had a lot of time, because it's not like I had a lot of friends out there. But I think my influences early on was definitely more like the Nas's, the, the Mob Deeps, the, the Wu Tribe. And it's interesting because my content was never really like that, but I always had an appreciation for the way people put words together. So I'm not saying early on when I first started writing, I didn't write about things that I didn't experience, because I think that's part of the process of finding who you are as an artist. But it wasn't really long-lived. Like, I look at some of my rhymes back when I was 17, 16, and the flow isn't as tight as it should be, but I'm talking about things... I, I don't want to gas myself and stay on another level, but I'm not necessarily talking about it in the way that the people who influenced me were talking about. I was kind of made it my own. Concern it. Why don't you listen and learn? That once was strong, but you to society, even that's turned wrong. Hey, it's cool to look bummy and be a dumb dummy and disrespect your mommy. Have you forgotten? Who put you on this earth? I'm an immigrant, man. I was born in England. I was born in a place called St. Leonard's on Sea, which is South England. That's probably around two hours commute from, from London. And I left when, when I was three years old. So we came over to the United States, to New York, in the same neighborhood that Dee and his brothers were living in, my aunt and my uncle, East Elmhurst. And we went from living in a house and having everything secure, my mother being a registered nurse in England, to not having any of that and living in apartment building after apartment building apartments, basement apartments, um, two room apartments where you share the bathroom and the kitchen. My mother then having to work at places like Alexander's, which is a department store like Macy's, but, but extremely, um, budgeted. So during, during all of that moving around, I'm seeing things, I'm experiencing things. I see what eviction is. I see what having your lights off is. Having to, to go through the winter by turning on the stove, which obviously isn't safe, but you got to do what you got to do to survive. And also, my brothers were bombing trains. So seeing the graffiti and and um, listening to the hip-hop they played while they did it, seeing Triple Fat Gooses and um, experiencing New York, being around my cousins, 
who are closer to me than my actual brothers because of the age difference. D and I are less than um, nine months apart, less than nine months apart, and my closest brother to my age is six years older than me. So D and his brothers are like brothers of mine. My mother didn't really have a lot of time to play music. She was busy keeping the household together and um, getting funds and making sure the rent was paid. But hearing my brothers play EPMD and Eric B and Rakim, a lot of Phil Collins for some reason, I don't know why they play Phil Collins, but Phil Collins is a dope artist. And when I actually started rhyming, I was in high school. I went to a vocational school called Aviation High School, which is on 36th Street and Queens Boulevard. And this dude named Amar was writing rhymes then. And he had spit me his rhyme. So I was like, you wrote that? I can do that. So the same effect that I had on D, this kid had on me. And he happened to be Guyanese too, which is kind of interesting when I think about it. Regardless of how difficult situations may be at times, it created the me that I am today, man. So, you know, it's all a benefit, you know? This is a story, ladies and gentlemen, about two lovely white women traveling all the way to Africa, Africa, Africa. Found themselves deep in the heart of the Baluba in the Congo. In the hands of my big brother, Uba. <laughs> Had it been me, I would have taken them back to their husband. I think that song actually came out in the 60s, I want to say. The Mighty Sparrow grew up not too far from where my father and uncle and my grandparents were. My, my uncle always tells me the story of he sang one of his songs for them in the village, and um, the reaction was kind of crazy because it was like he was using people's names from the village and stuff. So there's an art that goes into being able to say something without making it obvious. And a song like Congo Man, if you listen to it, it's really supposed to be funny it's more of a satire and i think what it's really focused on is this it's talking about a cannibal and he's saying you know i've, I've, I've eaten people before but i've never eaten a white person yet <laughs> right so to the naked eye that's what he's talking about but if anyone knows anything about calypso particularly back then there's always a double entendre and there's a different meaning to it so to people who know what he's talking about he's talking about the experience of being with a white woman right painted in a way like yo i'm a cannibal i'm gonna eat this white woman but you got to connect the rest of the dots Until his stomach upset, I 
Early on, though, that's what I was listening to at the time. I didn't know that Sparrow was talking about that. I mean, I would see the adults laughing and stuff like that, right? And you're like, well, what is so funny about that? And I think to be able to lyrically create two universes where you're talking about one thing very obvious, using that double entendre and, and, and creative writing and how you can say something without making it too obvious. And, and, and later on, I think music has evolved where people found that saying it in a very obvious way was kind of a shock value. There is something to being up in someone's face and being very obvious, but I think there's another side of that coin to, to, to being more subtle, allowing people to connect the dots and being funny while you're doing it. You have to do it in such an artful way that you have to keep people interested in what you're trying to do. So all of the things that he's doing with the voices and all of that stuff, I mean, and, and if, I think a lot of artists that have like roots, whether it be from the islands or from other places or even here in the United States, like there's a lot of that showmanship involved in their style. And it's funny because that never really incorporated itself into my style. But I always appreciated that fact that when I got older, understanding. And then I go back and listen to songs from when I was six or seven. And now my father was like, Yo, you know what he's talking about, right? I'm like, oh shit, man. Wow. It's always palatable. It's not, you don't need an advisory sticker on it because people don't know who aren't supposed to know, you know what I mean? So I always thought that was dope and I had an appreciation for that song in particular for that reason. Peeping through the bushes to see what's taking place. say that the Mighty Sparrow is one of the best lyricists of any genre of music. Just the way that, that he put words together and the way that he said things, was, it was so effortless, but at the same time, it was so impactful. This man has been making music for decades, decades upon decades. At this end, Sparrow's older than his father. So, like, for D to hear it and to be so engaged from listening to the words of Sparrow is it's just like, it's, it's very telling to the strength of his ability to, to write. In the song, he says, I eat them raw. You know what I mean? Like, just the energy behind it. It's funny. It's like a joke that somebody tells you that regardless of how many times you hear this joke, and you can try to prepare yourself to stop laughing, you just end up, like, busting your gut open every time you hear yeah, it. Yeah, every time I hear it. Every time I hear it. That's just, like, what, what the Mighty Sparrow represents to me. And at the same time that he can create a... Uh, he can write a, a double entendre that is is focused on something sexual, he can also be very political. Or he can be a sage and give you real wisdom about how to move through the world. 
Like, I know in, in, in Trinidad, for instance, you know, there are a lot of um, rules and regulations that apply to the type of language you're able to use in music and stuff. And on a lot of, in a lot of ways, that's oppressive, like, according to what our society would say. But on a whole other level, probably back then, that, that could have actually created a level of creativity. Because I think when you are able to say anything in any way that you want sometimes as far as creatively, it doesn't necessarily allow you to go to that place that says, how do I have people react to this in a way, but still say what I want to say without saying it. It's it's the expression of, of disenfranchised people talking and singing about what's going on around them. So a lot of, like you said, whether it was done in double entendre because you didn't want certain people to know what you were singing about, a lot of the history stems from that. It's talking about politics, about not having a voice in the society that you're in, which is very similar to hip-hop. And that's really how it applies to it as far as I'm concerned. It's the voice of the people who aren't being heard and not given an opportunity to speak. And how do you speak? You speak through your music because it's entertainment. But behind the entertainment, you're saying something deep. It was interesting to me that when I would go to school, black people would come up to me who I thought that I was just like and say, yo, where you from, man? You're not our kind of black. I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm not your kind of black? Like, nah, like, you just like, you're, you're different. And it wasn't in the way I spoke. It was in, I guess it's saying my features or whatever the case may be. But I never, like, for a minute saw myself as being anything besides black. But it's just interesting how you can see yourself one way or not see yourself one way. And as you said, people just lump you into one fucking category. It's strange, man. It's real weird, well, man. Yeah, it's about knowing who you are. You know that book? Yeah. You know I read that book, like, How the Irish Became White? It's like that. That's like political shit, though, man. It's like what you consider. You have to know what you are, you mm -hmm. know. But ultimately, like I said, without all those ingredients in the soup, you know, what I mean, it, we wouldn't have what we have. And, sure. and, and like I said, so beyond color, it's, it, it took all the ingredients to get to where, where it is now. And that's not a PC answer. I mean, I, I honestly believe that. I honestly believe when Eminem or whoever else talks about what they went through, that's an addition to hip hop because he's not trying to be somebody else. He's talking about who he is and where he went. Through. And that's my insight into that lifestyle because I know nothing about it, you know? was around but not really present and he was going through um, health issues and my mother wasn't really focused on getting me into college she wanted me to be a missionary she was a Jehovah's Witness and she raised us as Jehovah's Witnesses that really wasn't where I was for me it was it was education and not to suggest that scholastic education is the only education Everything requires an education. People are um, autodidactic. They can teach themselves. But just the idea to learn and, and learn more and being within any religion to me just kind of felt restrictive because there are certain schools of thought that you have to separate from. 
that you have to just just say, nah, that just can't be. It is against my faith, so I'm not even gonna gonna bring it into my mind. But I was always the individual that said, if God is is here, then he or she or it or they gave me this mind for a reason to be able to think and to um, perceive things with my own mind and use my own mind to walk through it. And I think that that kind of guided me towards wanting to go to, to school. Once I decided that I wanted to go to school, I decided I wanted to do the hardest fucking thing that I could think of. I'm the highest star in the sky, invincible I will do the impossible before my demise. Look in my eyes, they're the window to my soul. I see determination, I'm focused on my goals. I never saw my soul, but lack discipline. Miles and pops bickering. It's hard to be efficient when them kitchen lights are flickering. Off and on, keeping us warm, we weren't poor. But I learned humility those days sleeping on the floor. There's lessons that are hard to ignore. Experience pain that hurt me to the core. But after some clean necks arose like a phoenix. Our laws don't define us, we worth much more It's called resilience and I ain't go to prison to learn that I had a mother pops who said, boy, you gotta earn that They told me it's all science, life is full of pressure But pressure make diamonds, so the next time you find that Your life is out of alignment, take your lessons learned from them hard times And just apply it, you have something to say, don't be afraid and stay quiet The world remembers leaders, our courage is admired I know we getting tired, when it's true they can't deny it We've been through the fire, but we still here to describe it Invincible for those who don't know, a mechanical engineer is someone who transforms energy into motion or vice versa, motion into energy. And a lot of it is building machines, robots, cars, engines, airplanes, things of that nature. I didn't really see the positive in what I was doing, so I decided that I was going to switch. The opportunity came out for me to work on in a climate capacity and be an atmospheric science. So I started to study pollution effects on rainfall. It just like lit a new fuse, created a new energy within me. I used to walk around me with pain on my motherfucking brain. I'm the black man you can't contain. Lost professor, the one who puts the funk back in it. A lot of infiltrators trying to be it. I've been it. Plotting and scheming of things that I used to do. Even boosted two out on Long Island. Buck wowing. Didn't give a flying. Used to see Ryan cause he had the doctor. Rhythm machine and I was doctor. Microphone never was shook. As you get hooked, hooked and whooped and fucking took to the ultimate. It's the LP with the Ultra shit, heavy D, nothing but love for your be mad scientist. The mad scientist. For me, and I wasn't necessarily very interested in politics, but I had taken a couple political science classes with a couple professors at Queens College, and I really enjoyed it. Kind of from there, I decided to become a political science major with no necessary plans beyond that. I kind of started finding out, like, hey, you know, law school is always an option, and I always had an interest in civil rights issues. So I said, yo, this is something that really relates, and this is something that I could effectuate change if I go into this area. So I went to CUNY School of Law. It was like everyone there had a purpose. You know, I'm here to talk to, to address gender rights, I'm here to address racism. It was really that kind of a thing going on, and that's when we started talking about what we're doing now. Me and they always felt that the fact that we were doing things outside of hip-hop. When people think about hip-hop and they think about entertainment, if you're not here and you don't have a million views, you're not on MTV, you're not successful. But I think there's a whole part of us that are happy that, that, that we decided to not put all our eggs in one basket. And that's kind of where the nonprofit idea came into play. Um, in my last year of law school, they had different clinics. 
And I joined the CED clinic, which is the Community and Economic Development Clinic. And you could either work with different nonprofits or you could create your own. And that was just more or less the perfect path to what we wanted to do. So we came up with this idea to connect the art with the education because in all art there is an education. There's an engineer that makes a beat machine, you know what I mean? So far in my career, but I'm still here to organize for your eyes to drop size on your ear. A strong black rebel who loves the track level, kind of loud, so turn it up so I can find a crowd to rock and out the cock. Some ill for real. Coming to my laboratory where you can't stand still, and the funk keeps banging. All my peeps hanging on the block. This one's for you. It's time to rock on a higher plateau. And I supply a fast show wherever I go. Yo, you can't front on flake or even try it this. Your man lost professor mad scientist. I think the first time we did it, it was a lot of entertainment. And, and when I say entertainment, I mean like it was really about the music. But I mean, I think as we progressed, we've been able to add things from our experiences that make sense. We talk about sculpting, improvisation, how to give PowerPoint presentations, which is very similar to hopping on a stage, exposing yourself to the world through your art. And these things connect. There's something that we can all learn about how to be better artists and how to take the education and insert that into our art. But at the same time, take the art and insert that into our education. Because that's what imagination is. It's so interesting how sometimes the most academic settings can be so musical. Like, a big part of it has been not viewing the music in the same way I used to. Like, I used to tell me, yo, somebody, somebody you turn dirty, but we ain't signed, I'm not doing any more music. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with that anymore, you dig? Like, just recently, a guy I know from law school, there's a guy named Himanshu from That's Racist. He works with a community organization that my boy runs. Just by virtue of that, I did a song with him recently. Recently, there was a Somali Sunrise concert in New York City by a guy named Daniel Gressel that we were able to meet. They had a show about stopping the violence in, in, in Somalia. We were able to, to, to do a show with them. So it's so funny sometimes when you're not trying to be musical, how those opportunities come up. So it's about having a foot in two arenas. I mean, I'm still working on how to make it something that is perpetual. And I think that's part of the process. And I think the organization is a good step in the right direction because from, from just having the organization, we've been able to play shows where we brought the youth out to Harlem Museum of Art. We did a show there. We had a live band there from City College. So I really think it's about incorporating the youth with, with, with us, with performers and education. That's kind of the realm we're in right now. And, and if music, well, music will always be a part of it, but whether it's on a, on a large scale or, or, or whatever scale it is, that's just a part of who we are. It's not a reason for doing it other than I love doing it. And it was something collectively that we chose because that was the first common experience we were able to link together. I moved to Long Island at that time, and my older brother used to be pissed off because we taped it. We taped it on the old school radio, and we just run it with that over and over and over again. But for purposes of performance, I was smooth, smooth beat. I can kick that first right now. Y'all want it to? Nick was Guru, and Nick was Greg Max. Like, I knew that song like, from back to front. That was kind of what, when, I, when the light turned on for me for like, yo, this hip-hop shit is stupid. in your ass and drink a cup of tea. Easter alert and kick a Ooh, la, la, ah, we, we. I say Muhammad Ali. You say clash is clay. I say butter. You say...
uptown to deuce to the trade. I originate, they duplicate. I praise the Lord, Lord. and keep the faith. It's alright, keep biting at the bait. 92, uh, one year later. Peace out, premiere, take me out with the fader. fader. Just the artistry in that song and the different styles, how Greg Knights came in, how he put it together, how he sounded like. MCing is not just lyrics, MCing is not just a voice, MCing is a bunch of different elements. You know it when you hear it, you know what I mean? And for me to say Greg Knights is a complex MC, not at all. I say butter, you say parquet. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might be like, yeah, that. but how he said it and how it sounded on that beat was just dope. And then I personally think that's one of Guru's illest verses. Yeah. Like Guru's, Guru's voice was always ill, but some of his verses I would listen to and I would be trying to catch the style. Like Nate really put me onto the Moment of Truth album because I wasn't really into gangster like that. But when I, when I heard that album, I was like, yo. <laughs> like like I said, when you're coming from a school where you're listening to Nas and all these people, it's very technical, right? And it's about how your bars land and, and, and the words and the vocabulary that you're using. He's allowed me to look at MCN in a way that was more broad. It's, it's how do you say the most meaningful things in the simplest way sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I think what that song kind of taught me is you don't have to be over serious. You don't have to have the illest lyrics. It's about a song and making the song feel good. And I think it was a feel good song. I chant eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I wreck the mic like a pimp pimp's hoax. Here's how it goes. I am a genius. I mean this. I shake this. You'll take this. Some kind of fiendish. Wish you could find my neighborhood. I chant eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I wreck the mic like a pimp pimp shows. Here's how it goes. I am a genius. I mean this. I shake this. You'll take this. I'm kind of fiendish. You wish that you could come into my neighborhood. Many in my mental state. Still, I'm five foot eight. Crazy as I want to be. Cause I make it orderly. You could say I'm sort of the boss. So get lost. The brother who will make you change opinions. Dominions. I'm in them when it's time to kick shit from the heart. Cause I get a piece of the action. Feeling satisfaction from the street crowd reaction. Chubs pull guns when they feel afraid. Too late. When they dip in the kick, they get sprayed. Lemonade was a pop. Drink and it still is. I get more props and stunts than Bruce Willis. A poet like Langston Hughes and can't lose when I cruise out on the expressway. Leaving the bodega, I say suave. Premier's got more beats than Bond's got hate. Clips are inserted into my gun so I can take the money, never have to run. I, I got a lot of love for Gangstar, man. Um, it's amazing though because I never thought that Guru was one of the top MCs, but like Gangstar, mass appeal. Go to the streets just to get a rep. Just to get a rep, yeah, like yeah. all of these, all of these songs, they put you in a, in a certain place. And the moment of truth album, it wasn't even just just lyrics, and it wasn't just beat. It was the way the thing came together. It was the way the 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 song becomes a song. And my early style was saying the most complex shit and saying a lot of ill shit that maybe people couldn't grasp. And truthfully, I kind of like. I was a dickhead because I kind of appreciated the fact that everybody couldn't understand my lyrics. Then as I grew, it was like, yo, if people aren't hearing you and what you're saying, then, then what's the point? And you're really the person who's losing out when you don't engage people. I focus on the energy, and that's where the previous songs come in. The um, presentation that Mighty Sparrow would illustrate on a, on a song on Nas. We all know his catalog uh, and how he approached certain things and, and engaged the listener. Same way the game I was able to do. Biggie, I left my Philly at home. Do you have another? 
I wanna get blunted, my brother. Now may I make a mark, then make a spark over this fat track. Or should I say dope beat? Subtract, delete, all of the wick whack that wanna be abstract, but they lack the new knack that's coming from way, way back. Hey yo, Premier, please pass that Buddha sack. You heard we quit? No way, bullshit. I told you before we come back with more hits. I provide bright flavor. So you can sketch me. Do me a favor. Don't try to catch me. Slightly ahead of the game. I'm not a lame. Ask him, he'll tell you the same. He knows my name. Smooth. I drop jewels like paraphernalia. I'm infallible, not into failure. Like a rhinoceros. My speed is prosperous and pure knowledge expands from my esophagus. I write in the night to bring truth to the light. My dialogue is my own because smooth B will never bite. Well, bite. as D said, we used to spit rounds back and forth. So we were up a notch before we even knew we were up a notch. It was just a matter of um, finding a name. And I don't really know when the name came to be. It was funny because like when we would rhyme or put songs together for like people that anybody that would listen to us, it was always an understanding like, yo, you guys are solo artists who are in a group. Like there was the um, potential for chemistry, but we were obviously like very individual in our approach and we're still very individual. But there's a cohesion there that exists where it's like when people hear an upper notch record, it's like it feels better in so many respects than an individual Danan or Hosanna record. Just because of the interplay, like when we do shows, the way we play off of each other, the things that we say, we crack jokes. It's not just about the rhymes. It's about like picking somebody out of the crowd. Just engaging them and making sure that they know that we care about the connection that we have with each other and the connection that we have with the people off the stage because that all is is what makes the experience worthwhile, right? Blank pages, stank age and experience Dying them lines and tossing them rhymes They'd rather hold their mind if it costing their lives Than to be free to live with a weak ass spine The words I reveal on the money like a nail Of a gold digger manicure holding on a cell The trigger of a hammer cough choking on a nail Took the path of a swimming shell flowing in the air Ears listen, scrolls the air for riddance Knee dressing like women, permanent hair for kitchens to streamline Meantime rhymes to a sea grinds of cats chasing felines Chicks of beehives took a beeline using the beeline Dessert metaphors take a taste of the key line If I got one thought left, I'm a free mind Rewind and bring it to the top of the key grind Hip-hop matters because it propels me to give Hip-hop matters to me because I think it's a personification of who we were, of who we are, and who we hope to be. All of those elements are, are captured and manifested in music generally, but in the way I express my hip-hop and the way I feel like my generation expresses hip-hop, it's those three things. It's what we were, what we are, and what we hope to be.